what's good and welcome to another Black Co. Andonofsky U.S. Women's National Team experience. I am Andre Carlisle. <laughs> I'm here with Courtney Smith. This is Diaspora United. Courtney, how are you? Um, I wish I didn't. Uh, it's the morning here or afternoon, but I wish I didn't like to stay awake for that per- that match. Um, <laughs> it was rough. What time is it over there? Um, I'm currently in Brisbane, so it's like 1, 12 p.m. But I'm like, I could have slept later. I don't. Uh, I just was like, I could have done other things with my day. (laughs) (laughs) Watching that performance. It was just giving 2020 Olympics. But not not in the good way. Like 2020 Olympics (laughs) group stage, not 2020 Olympics. Lynn Williams just decides to show up and wreck the Netherlands. Yeah, and given how it went... Whomst knows that Lynn Williams was even in the stadium today? Who knows? It, it is We're in search of her. We have a bolo out for her. Be on the lookout for please. Lynn Williams. If you see if you Lynn Williams, please contact your favorite podcast. We would love to know that she's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, if you, this is, It's kind of funny to me to watch the timeline a little bit, and I'm not going to lie. I, I, I know that, you know... When we've done crossovers with Shea Butter FC, you know, talking about U.S. Women's National Team performances leading up to the World Cup, it's just seemed like the reaction, there seems to be an opposite reaction from a lot of people that cover the sport and cover the team where they want to like, everything's fine, like calm down, like it's a long way to go to the World Cup. It almost seems like they take the opposite tact as as us just kind of looking at these issues being like, yo, this doesn't look right. Like we've got too much talent to be playing like this. And now we're in a world cup and it's almost like y'all kind of see what we've been talking about, I guess. Right. It, it honestly, like, I know I mentioned the 2020 Olympics, but I feel like that's when we first brought it up of like, there are things that are happening here that are not the way it should be. There are questionable things afoot. Um, and I feel like, yeah, for a lot of people, maybe today is the first time they saw that. We're like, I feel like pretty comprehensively in the first half that the uh, the U.S. was outplayed. Like, um, I think I saw a tweet. I can't remember who it was from, but saying that, like, there were several Netherlands players, um, especially one of, I think, uh, Esme Brutes, who was just gliding across the pitch. <laughs> like, like it was almost, it, it very much was a game of two halves. Um, and in that first half, it was, it was not good. Like the mid, I mean, and we've been talking about, I don't even know how long we've been talking about the midfield at this point. Um, but it was, the midfield was non-existent. Um, almost like Swiss cheese. I feel like I've used that, uh, used that uh, analogy before, but the midfield was like Swiss cheese. Like, the U.S. also wasn't even, like, even at the times where we feel like the U.S. hasn't played well there, I don't think there's ever, there's necessarily ever been a point where I've been like, okay, I, I know the U.S. isn't playing well, but, you know, they need to give more energy or, or they, like, even in the games where they've previously played poorly, I don't think there was a time where I was like, the U.S. needs to, like, 100 or, yeah, like, do a 180% turn, or sorry, 80 degree turn, <laughs> where, like, in that first half, they were there was no energy. The players, like at some point, just could not even like have a square, like a regular square pass to each other. Um, it was just really bad all over, and I feel like that's a combination of the Dutch tactics working well, but also the U.S. quite simply just playing like poorly. Yeah, um, a lot, a lot more of the same. It's almost like 
you know, how long we've been asking the question, you know, were lessons learned? Have lessons been learned? And it almost seems like we didn't learn any lessons even from those Germany games that were tough and you found a solution, uh, even though it did take Oberdorf going out, you found a solution and we didn't really go to that. His solution was really to bring on Rose at halftime, which helped, obviously. Um, she's very good at carrying the ball, is a is a presence. Um, but I just, and that's not to knock DeMello. I saw there were some some weird, like, there's some some polarized views on DeMello's performance, and I thought she played well. I think she does what she normally does is makes herself a bit of a pest and she got fouled a ton and a referee that doesn't suck. <laughs> like oh, I'm just going to say it flatly. Atrocious. She was awful. Uh, calls those, gives at least a yellow or two, like calm things down, but that never happened. I don't think, Oh, Rose got a yellow after being on for like two minutes. And I think that was the only card of the game. So like, yeah, that was, that was, but the, obviously for me, that's separate from the performance. And that's what has been frustrating. The question was, are we going to learn? Do we see anything different in these games? And through two games, we've seen the same lineup, which mm. is not a lineup we've ever seen before. We've got Julie Ertz back as a center back. We've got Savannah DeMello, who wasn't good enough to get minutes before the send-off game. <laughs> Suddenly, she's in the starting 11 at a World Cup. like Twice. <laughs> Twice, get correct. Games. Like apparently she's just a World Cup starter now. After him realizing, like, oh, she's good, and it's just like, okay. So like for me, it's always been the same decision making, decision making, decision making. What are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? Why are you making this particular decision? How does this affect other things you're trying to do? Yeah, that first half was bad, not good, but also familiar. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I feel slightly differently about DeMello. And, and this is not like DeMello the player, but I don't think she played well because whatever Vlaka was trying to do is not working. Like, and I think we've seen, especially when Roosevelt has been out in the past, we've seen a player like Ashley Sanchez come in, who is definitely more used to the way the U.S. is playing. And at times when things get, when things aren't working, for example, um, obviously she knows how to, you know, kind of slot in that Roosevelt role, which for me at the at the time or currently is Roosevelt isn't a pure ten for the U.S. She really, I think, if we go all the way back to Sam U. is getting injured, Rose has really actually to me like grown tremendously as like a more um, well-rounded midfielder, and she kind of she obviously she tends, but she also does like a lot of the work of an eight. Um, and so we've seen Ashley Sanchez coming in that role, and that's been like a more like a more natural substitute. And it's not saying that DeMello is not a great player. I just don't think she played well because the U S was not playing well. And there was like, just quite simply no midfield, like especially in that first half. Um, Like, yeah, I don't think necessarily Andy Sullivan had a a great match either. Like to me there, it was just like um, a snowball of failures for the U S and some of that does come with um, like the, tactical formation that the Netherlands set up obviously they had three at the back um and really had I know that they, their official formation was a three five two but really they were have they had like an extra person in the midfield that entire time um which did not allow the U.S. to dominate the midfield not necessarily in the way we've ever seen before because there have always been midfield problems but like it really became extremely apparent that 
the U.S. was out of sorts, especially in the middle third. And I think that also started, like, matriculating to the outside backs. I thought Crystal Dunn had a great performance in the second half. Um, in the first half, not as much. I thought Emily Fox, besides just getting clattered, the um, tactically the Dutch wanted to put several more players on her, which also makes complete sense if like wa- after watching the Vietnam game word in that game, everything was going through Emily Fox, like the, in- almost every point of attack was going through Emily Fox. Um, and so that made, you know, the U S unbalanced. And then thus for the next game, it made it very, very easy to stifle the U S when they want to go forward by just putting a bunch of people on Emily Fox. Um, when really, you know, a lot of the attack went through her. So yeah, like for that first half, I definitely like, it was just a, a lot of failures. Um, second half, Roosevelt comes in. Rose starts rosing in the way that we need, like, have known and needed her to be. And of course, um, the U.S. sees the fruits of that labor. They get a goal. I will say, <laughs> and people know how we feel about Lindsay Huran at times on this podcast. However, I actually think it is the funniest thing that the ref was like, "You must make up and apologize. You have to say I feel statements. We're putting you in that was a hilarious. big T-shirt." and say you love each other, and then for Lindsay Horan to score immediately off that. That was ab- that was absolute perfection in that happening. I was like, I was like that's what you get. That's the foolishness that you get from making them try to, like, make up and play nice. And it's Lindsay Horan is like, no, I'm scoring from this corner. And also, like, fantastic header. Um but yeah, that that part was just very, very funny to me. And I mean, the U.S. really piled on the pressure of the second half, but also, like, again, weren't really able to convert any chances. Um, a few of them were, you know, like, I think that Sophia Smith strike that ended up going, I don't know who did it end. I can't remember whose head that ended up going off of, like, what Dutch defender, but that was about to be a rocket in the back of the net. Um but yeah, I feel like 1-1 one, one is a fair draw, but also at the same time, like I, for example, have a lot more questions about the U.S. than I do about the Dutch. Yeah, I mean, from a Dutch perspective, I think this was important for them, um, especially the first half. They played well. Their midfield was totally dominant. Um, I do find it hard, especially in the first half, to like pick out certain players for performances. Like you mentioned, like I don't think Crystal Dunn had a great first half. Um, there was uh, quite a few, Andy Sullivan, I agree as well. You know, there were some players, I think Trinity Rodman was also off. Um, and, and I almost felt like the whole team was off, but mm-hmm. kind of when you see stuff like that, the genesis of it isn't just that like multiple players are having a bad game. It's a bad game plan. <laughs> it's them not knowing exactly what to do and not having answers that they needed to have and them not receiving any adjustments that actually make sense. So you saw a lot of indecision, you saw a lot of them kind of like the ball was getting stuck under their feet. They were just kind of standing there. They were flicking the ball right to uh, <laughs> Dutch players. And it was just like, what is going on? And it was just that they, they weren't, to me, they weren't putting a great position to start. And then the adjustments never really came. The adjustment really was get Rose on. That's not really an adjustment, right? Like That's not right. a tactical adjustment. It's, it's, it's a profile. It's a personnel adjustment, which is, you know, a separate thing in, in and of itself and can change things. But I think what you want to see is you be able to do something with the starting 11 that you picked to solve problems throughout the course of a game. And maybe like I 
I'm not going to say I was expecting that because we clearly know we've been watching this Blackos team, uh, U.S. Women's National Team for a while. That's not really what we do. Uh, and it's frustrating to see when they get kind of stuck like this. The goal happens, uh, which was kind of unfortunate. I feel like if Crystal Dunn doesn't slip, perhaps um, she's able to put more pressure and then the ball back in doesn't quite make it to a wide open roared. But still, I think once they went down a goal, the reaction is what you want to see. You want to see the team say, OK, like we were playing well. We were, play- we were playing decently. I won't say well. We were playing decently. They probably could have gotten a goal, and they didn't. And now, sudden, they're down 0-1. You want to see a reaction. Instead, the team like got nervy, clammed up, was struggling, and it was a really bad look. And they really needed halftime, and they really needed Rose. But, yeah, I'm I'm just – I'm kind of – I'm – I don't know. I, I I can't say I'm ambivalent because honestly, I love so mo- so many of these players, and I want to see them in better positions. I want to see the one is like a a a fan of the sport. I want to see these players play well together. Like we've got some outrageous talents, and the fact that they struggle so much is really infuriating to me. But it's also like I've been watching this, and this is what it's been, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I also feel like part of it too, it's, it's funny because so much of the narrative that we've lived through with this team is mentality, 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 right? And like, what is US mentality? And that's why you bring your vets because they have that mentality that like, that I feel like for the US, I always like, you know, this never say die attitude. And it's like, babes, that first goal went in and y'all died. (laughs) Like, like mentally y'all died. Um, yeah. And I, I do want to quickly say, you know, it is like, obviously I pointed out some players that didn't have, especially didn't have the best first halves, but also at the same time, it's like, okay, if like four of your players out of the 11 aren't having good games, like that is not for terrible. Like that's not for bad player performances. That is a bad game plan. Like that's just a, a it's the complete opposite when everyone is playing really, really well and you're like, oh, this game plan is really, really working. It's the opposite where this game plan is really, really failing. And, um, but yeah, just kind of going back to that mentality thing, I think that was also part of it of Rose coming in of like her kind of giving that boost. I do think like obviously her getting the first yellow card is absolutely foolish because there were several moments where there should have been yellow cards in the first half. And yes, that ref was atrocious, but also I think it was the type of thing where like Rose needed to give everyone that mental umph of like, we're here, we got this, like we can get through this. Um, and it all, all that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, and to me, that was like a big captain moment. Obviously Lindsay Horan having to play nice and then scoring the goal. Yeah. That's like a good captain <laughs> yes. moment. Like that's very yes. funny, but we also like that was also the result of Roosevelt coming in. Cause I think if that happens in the first half, that that same response is not there. Um, and I think for me, it also really speaks to, you know, we said Bolo for Lynn Williams, where on earth is she? But for not only just for Lynn Williams, but like we just saw Roosevelt come in. There are 23 players on this squad. I know I don't want to go all the way back to roster construction and and making myself mad with that. But it's also like if you cannot put in players who are going to say who are going to be your quote unquote great game changers didn't forget you said that when you used to do like the hockey line substitutions at least then you were making substitutions like now it's we're not seeing anything and it's like 
if you want to make it all throughout all seven games of this tournament, you are going to need to rotate people. And we just quite simply did not see that. But it's also like, if you then are not trusting the people that you brought, who can, who you should be able to sub in and make, you know, and make a impact. Like that's a thing too. Like I remember tweeting in the first half saying, put cook in and then put Ertz in the midfield. We're getting overrun in the midfield. Yeah. Julie Ertz might still leave some gaps open, but a 85% fit Julie Ertz in the midfield is still going to, you know, like actually do what Rose did when she came in in the, in that second half, get in there, get in some crunchy tackles, start cracking, like start cracking skulls and like kind of giving the team like that umph that they really, that, that was severely lacking in the first half. Um, and so now for me, like looking forward to Portugal, it's like, A, you don't have, you really don't have a rotated squad against a Portugal team that definitely put the Netherlands on ropes at times. They haven't played Vietnam. They're going to play them later today. They're probably going to get a silly amount of goals um, because Portugal's like that. Or if, you know, if Vietnam wants to do something crazy, that would be wild too. However, <laughs> I digress. But yeah, it's like, to me, to me from truly going back to Tokyo 2020 and it's funny because Morgan, who's one of the big reasons why we're here, um, tweeted, at least we didn't have to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch this game previously. And I was like, (laughs) babes, you forgot about that game against Sweden. (laughs) That game was another one that was bad in the same way that in this game was bad. Uh, And then honestly, the the Netherlands just didn't take advantage in that first half and the U.S. found, you know, found a way to fight back. Yeah, that was that was so unfortunate. And I yes, so the the Lynn Williams thing, like I mean, just the campaign is fully started. Just hashtag free Lynn Williams. I just I don't know what else to really do about that. And and so it was very confusing. I I kind of said on Twitter like, does this man think Netherlands is like the final boss? Like we got more games <laughs> to play, homie. Like we we got things to do. So like I and. The thing that's okay, so here's the thing about the sub. Like, one, yes, we've got more games to play. If you imagine going deep, getting to a final of this tournament, like you say you're supposed to because you have the talent to do so, and that's the expectation of the job, then you know you've got plenty more games to play. You've got another group game to play that's going to be very important to get three points from, but also put it in good performance because this could come down to goal differential, right? You only shared points with Netherlands, so that's going to be important. Um, you also have players that you brought that haven't stepped on the pitch yet. So yes, you have these things to get everybody involved. But the thing that really gets me about the sub thing is that, and I just saw a quote hit the timeline from, from Taylor Vincent, who was very quick at putting these quotes up. So shout out to Taylor Vincent for doing this always. But Blacko was asked after the game, which he should have been, uh, (laughs) why he didn't, uh, put in any subs and uh, besides Rose at halftime here is the quote I'm just going to read it in full we had a good rhythm I mean we dominated the game we controlled the game uh, I can't remember uh, if they had more than one shot in the whole half or the whole game I don't uh, remember more than three shots caveat they had five I mean that's a great team there that we just faced and to keep that team on three shots in 100 minutes that's a very good performance. Very, very happy with the team. Very happy with the mentality. Very happy with the belief, especially from the young ones to mimic the older ones, the experienced ones. So looking forward for the next one. So here's, <laughs> Courtney's face is hilarious right now. Um, here's my problem with this quote. 
Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot wrong in this quote. So just like from like your view of reading the game, and yes, the U.S. dominated possession had the bulk of the chances in the second half, but homie also game state. Like Netherlands had kind of run out of gas a little bit. You kind of see that they were they had the goal, they were trying to protect it. We ended up getting an equalizer, and then their whole thing was we're not going to come out and try and get ourselves exposed, stretch ourselves and get exposed to 1v1s with Sophia Smith or Trinity Robin. They still almost got caught a couple times. But, like, be aware of game state. Be aware of what you need to actually take one point and not be satisfied with it and make a decision to go and get three points. And to me, that's what the Lynn Williams sub would have done because you saw what they were trying to do. You saw the ways that the that in when we were able to attack and put them under pressure with quick, uh, quick movements, like – everybody on this team is pretty much used to do, especially in attack. This is what they want to do. Again, I've said it. They want to run. Everybody wants to run and get behind, except for Alex Morgan. She wants to run too early sometimes. Um, but yeah, I, I just I just think that like Lynn Williams would have been a game changer. We'll never know. And it can just sound like, you know, the thing that didn't happen was the thing that was going to make the difference. But I think there are real, actual, tangible reasons why Lynn Williams would have made a difference and really significantly increased the chances of us being able to get a goal to get all three points instead of just kind of continuing to do what they did when they needed one more player to really pull that defense apart, to really make that run, either a decoy run or something. And Lynn is one of the most supportive, one of the best attackers out there, I'm telling you. I don't know if we'll ever get to see it, but if we ever get to see Robin Smith and Williams, Williams knows how to play with those two. She knows how to support them. She knows how to make the runs they need. And it's frustrating that we never got a chance to see it. Not only that, but does she not have a history of doing this to this particular (laughs) team? She likes bullying the Netherlands. (laughs) I just, I just, yeah, that quote, who boy. Um, as you heard Andre reading, and you heard some like uh, what you thought was a door creaking in the background. No, that was um, that was me because <laughs> I was like, we dominated the game. My God, did you see the first half? Also, I can't remember if they had more than one shot the whole half of the whole game. What do you mean more? <laughs> they scored a goal, my God. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? They had a, they had a goal and definitely forced like Alyssa Nair into a save, or she or had or Julie Ertz had that you know that that basically a save. Um, like what what do you mean? Did you did you black out this game? Like did did you at this point? Because to say something like that after you have to, or you're just like will like um willfully like protecting the players' performances, which like if you want to do that, more power to you. But like what? What do you mean they had more than one shot? Like that is that is absolutely foolish. Um, it like what a ridiculous thing to say. Um, I also want to give a huge shout to Naomi Gurma. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. Actually, Julie Julie Ertz yeah. too. Julie Ertz yeah. played really really well. Ertz had that massive um, block too, which that could have been disastrous. Oh yeah, that would that would have been two one like easy. Um, and could have you know gone from there, but. Um, yeah, I thought Ertz and Gurma were absolutely fantastic, like throughout the the entire game. Um, it's like, and I think for me, it really speaks 
not saying that I expect this from Julie Ertz, but we've seen this before from her of having like a really fantastic performance. And we've also seen this from Naomi Gurma. We just have not yet seen this from Naomi Gurma in a World Cup because we've never seen her in a World Cup before. Um, so I thought she was yeah absolutely fantastic as well. Um, that yeah that quote from Vlaco is <laughs> really going to be sticking uh, with me for a while because that is silly. Um, that is silly to say the least. Uh, but yeah. I don't know if I, I want to say that this game is a wake up call for the U S but the thing is, I, I don't think like from that quote from Vlaco, I don't think it is, which is deep, like deeply concerning going down the stretch of this tournament. We know which teams are like playing lights out teams, teams like Spain, teams like Japan are playing absolutely lights out um, in this tournament, Germany, Brazil as well. Like you're going to need to step up. Like things are going to need to change. Like you got to step up your game. If you, if you want to go all the way through the tournament. And so having a response like that, um, one that is not actually reflective of the games we saw is that is to me, the true answer of the question we've been asking since 2020, since 2020 Olympics of have lessons been learned from that answer. No, they, they have not. It like honestly kind of reminds me of, um, <laughs> I know we're about to get a whole bunch of new listeners. We're about to be really annoyed about this. Um, but remember from two seasons ago, um, when Arsenal was Arsenaling and um, Mikel Arteta was like, we had 32 crosses. <laughs> like, uh, yes. that's what, like, genuinely, this, that's what this reminds me of, of like, they yes. only had, I don't even know if they had more than one shot for the entire game. Okay, babes, well, that shot was on target <laughs> and ended up in, as a goal. But also, like, it doesn't matter how you're doing statistically if you get played off the ball and you, like, without the result of one of your center backs, you lose the game 2-1. Yeah, I yeah, I mean I I guess you do have to applaud the fight back. Um even though like you said it it did take the, you know, Haran reacting to the, you know, kiss and make up that the referee tried to make them do. Like I I have a younger a little sister and I just it, it really reminded me of like back in the day when my mom would be like like enough. You all are going to like stand there and like hug each other and it's just like you can't stand that person and it's like why why are you doing this to two grown adults? This is hilarious. Um, but <laughs> yeah. then of course, Haran got pissed off and scored the goal, which was which was obviously absolutely needed. Um, so, but that's the other thing, you know, set piece. I want to see things in open play. This team's too talented to have to rely on set pieces, but it almost seems like this is my other frustration with the team. So in addition to the midfield, not midfielding, and uh, in addition to, and this is, Tactically, you know, this is trying to put players in the best positions um, to be able to find one another, to be able to link with the attack. This is, I'm trying to figure out why, or if this is why he's going with DeMello, because she has great service delivery, either from set pieces or an open play. And I'm wondering if she's another, she's meant to be a connection, another route for Alex Morgan to be able to get the ball as a target forward. Because that's not, we, we saw Trinity Rodman toward the end of the game, you know, clip a couple crosses into her. But really, Rodman and Sophia Smith and Lynn Williams <laughs> likes to, like, play the ball on the ground. And that's how they really manufacture chances. It's through balls, getting the ball through the ground, cutbacks, or taking a player on 1v1, um, sliding the ball across, you know, the face of goal, and like a really low crosses, those kinds of things. That's kind of what they like to do. And where they're most effective, 
Um, I got a little frustrated with Robin getting, I think she got like two or three chances in a row late in the game. And she just kept on like clipping the ball to Alex Morgan. It was like bracketed by defenders and wasn't really like you would, it would have had to be a pinpoint perfect ball. And like everybody knew that that's what you were going to try to do. So do something else or at least try to disguise it and then do it like do something else. And I just think that there's a little bit of a disconnect in how the attack works because of the profile of players don't really complement when you have Rodman and Smith who like to do one thing and you have Morgan who is better at doing something else. Um, and I like, I, I keep trying to understand the DeMello thing because I, y'all know, like I love Savannah DeMello. I think she's great. I, to me, she should have been with this team for months. Like this should not, she should not be new here. She shouldn't just be showing up at a world cup. <laughs> like, Hey guys, I'm suddenly in the starting 11. Um, mm-hmm. I also feel like Ashley Sanchez is another player who plays more in the style of Sophia Smith and Trinity Rodman. She likes to thread the ball through a defense. She likes those little clever passes. And I just don't think that's where we're at because, of course, as we saw, you know, Morgan is offside a lot when you do those kinds of things. But like, yeah, I I, I don't know how you service both, I think is my point is I don't know if and I love the mellow. And I I think it's if that's the reason he has her out there, I get it. But I also don't. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. I think that's actually a really important point that you're making, because I just like while you're talking, I was thinking about a Taylor Korniak, um, B, also how San Diego and Racing Louisville, when they're getting the balls to their attackers, play in very similar ways in that you're going to get a DeMello or a Korniak on the ball and they're going to try like sometimes they're sometimes they play the ball on the ground but more times than not they're actually going to try a ball over the top to the on-running Alex Morgan or Sophia Jakobsen or on the chance of uh for Racing Louisville if like a Paige Monhan is up there or even a Tempe Kaglatlana up there as well those are players that you know like having the like have like having a bounce a bouncing ball for example because they're able to, you know, use her body, use her body to get around a defender, or like a, you know, a bouncing ball is more troubling to a defender than a, um, you know, than a ball on on the ground. But also, as we saw today, players were slipping in. To be fair, more U.S. players, which to me has a question about what type of studs they're wearing. But you know, players a little bit were slipping and sliding around the ground. So it was very likely that a ball, you know, a ball along the ground, or like a, you know, a ball along the floor might have also troubled a defender. Um, but also going back on the flip side for players like Sophia Smith or Trinity Rodman, or even a, like, yes, a Lynn Williams, but even thinking a, um, if we think about like the, the greater pool, uh, <laughs> like a Mitch purse, for example, like for Gotham, Portland, and for the Washington spirit, they really do like playing balls. Like, you know, those, beautiful diagonal balls that you know get around a defense or a nice curler that but that for the most part is on the ground to get around a defense to service their forwards um which also goes back to roster construction of maybe should have brought Ashley Hatch who can play with player like you know play with players in this way um but yeah that's that like the point you made about the type of service that those forwards like getting is really important because that is you know those are two completely different styles of playing when you were going forward of balls along the ground versus, you know, balls over the top and hoping to get in like a runner on the end. And especially with 
like Alex Morgan, but also I think just generally with the U.S. forwards at times. Um, I'm thinking also back to 2020 and having them those 10 disallowed goals for offside. Like it, it is something that matters, and you're gonna need to get goals this tournament. You cannot suffer ball in the way that can't Canada likes to suffer ball. Um, and you're gonna need to you know get your forward scoring. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. I mean, we'll have to see. Like again, you know. I, my expectation is not that lessons will be learned because we have had plenty of opportunities to learn lessons and we don't. Fair. Like against Wales, what happened in that game? The Williams came on and the attack was a lot more fluid. You get the goal. She provides the through ball, the type of service Sophia Smith and Trinity Robin like. They combine. It was three three forwards combining. When did we see three forwards combine in this game? Never happened. I do not remember a sequence where all three of them combined to 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 put together a move. I don't remember it at all. Um, I I saw that every now and then Morgan would flick on, you know, maybe to Sophia Smith, maybe to, you know, getting the ball to Rodman. Sometimes and most times you would see kind of Rodman and, and Smith trying to find one another behind the defense, um, which I thought Sophia Smith played a couple really good passes. And Rodman had that one left footed shot that just the ball just kept spinning um, away from goal that was a little frustrating because I feel like she had to do that over again she scores that one um she she can shoot with her left foot um these these days <laughs> so well I also that, think the keeper got a very small touch to that that actually the ref mm, did not spot I think the keeper, mm, the keeper got because it was spinning away but I do think the keeper got like a fingertip to it that actually no one no one spotted yeah, yeah, def- it, I definitely missed that if that was the case, but it, it would make sense because Robin's pretty good at these things. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it is interesting. It's almost like I don't, I don't. It's tough for me to talk about the team because I get frustrated, and I also know that continually being negative is like wrong because the team is still super talented, and they could do kind of what they have a history of doing, winning anyway. Right. This is kind of what they do. And there's a possibility they could do that. Um, Sophia Smith nearly with that that shot, that shot almost ended me. That one that was headed off the line. I was ready Mm -hmm. to like completely pass out in the living room because that was that was an absolute rocket. And I don't even understand how that happened. It was it was weird, too, because I had to watch the deflection or I had to watch the replay to see it was a deflection. I thought it was maybe just off target. But on the reverse angle, you can see, no, that was heading directly into goal. And I was yes. really upset that it was not, <laughs> that that player was in the way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe another time that player is not there. And that's a goal and the U.S. wins, which I was kind of waiting for. But, again, it kind of goes back to in those moments, you pretty much are going to need sometimes, sometimes you're going to need the coach to actually make a decision to change the game. And I guess because they were quote unquote dominating the game so much, he decided not to do anything. I worry about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that shot was going to be, that was actually going to go into a, to me, you know how they do like top 10 women's world cup goals, like every year, every few months that would have oh, yeah. immediately hit in that top 10. That would have been yes. an absolute worldy. Um, yeah. And I'm really, I, I, it's actually funny on that first angle, it does look like it's go or like on the regular game angle that you see, it looks like it's going wide. And then you see that from that reverse angle, you do see um, that that player gets, you know, gets the header. And yeah, it's, except for me, the thing about the subs, even if you were dominating, it's like, 
you still have to think about the U.S. goes into this tournament thinking they're going to win. So you're planning for seven games. You do not have the depth that you once had. You did not have a Kristen Press who never gets injured, who can just play and play and play and play. Um, you do not have, It's also a Sam Mewis who rarely if ever gets like a big injury and can just play and play and play and play. And the same for Julie Ertz, honestly, too. Um, you do not have the same players that have the same amount of, let's say, durability that you've once had. And part of that also comes from, you know, expanded club seasons, more games in the NWSL. Like the NWSL has also always been crunchy, but I feel like the level of crunchiness still goes up every single year. Like the players are not as durable as they once were. Like you have got to do some sort of rotation because you're going like you are going to need it down the stretch. Even if you are dominating, great. Let player other players come in and close out the game. Like it, it just does not make any sense to me. And yeah, I like very much don't think that lessons were learned. And I think like, I'm thinking I'm looking forward to Portugal and I do expect them to win, but I think that game is going to be a lot harder and like how much these players are playing, especially the starting 11 is really going to show, especially, I feel like, I don't know if the weather is actually a factor in this, but I do want to say, I think the fact that it is, much colder in New Zealand than it is in Australia might make actually a tiny baby difference for players who are used to also like, you know, playing in the U S right now, you get hydration breaks and things like that. And obviously, you know, that is exhausting too, but those are like stops in play. And I also think it helps, you know, keep players loose and all that stuff um, just by the sheer nature of the heat. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I think that's also a small inkling of it too, of just, like the actual climate that they're playing in is completely different than they're used to playing in for a world cup. Cause instead of, you know, before you're worried about cramping and fatigue, which is something that you're worried about now too, but also like keeping players warm and not necessarily getting, you know, injuries because you weren't 100% warm when you came in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was like, when I was deciding, you know, where I was going to kind of station myself to go to this world cup, I was deciding on, you know, some of the, the the fairly, you know, kind of big enough cities that were going to have multiple games. Um, and I chose Wellington just because I felt like Auckland was going to be like, everybody was going to be in Auckland. And there were a few games that were going to be in Wellington that were going to be awesome. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I added Wellington to my like weather app. And every now and then I'll just like scroll over there and look at it. And I'm like, man, why did I... <laughs> Um, as a person who spent a week in Auckland and then came to Australia, uh, yesterday it was like 68 degrees and sunny in Sydney. And I was like, yeah. oh, I have happiness again. It's warm outside <laughs> and I can see the sun versus when I was in Auckland. I was like, I'm having a, a fine time, but it's also cold and dark here. And as a person who needs to see the sun every single day, um, it was... Oh, like it was a little bit rough. I cannot yeah, lie. And Wellington is colder than Auckland too, and apparently rainier and windier. So you know, um, but this is gonna be fun. I'm gonna go bring to that a few, puppy quite coat. a few matches. Yes, I'm gonna Get go to quite a few coat. matches and have a good time. But uh, I was like, hmm, if I had to do this over, maybe I would have done more research. Uh, but I was just excited. I was getting ready to go. I was get, gonna be able to go. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I just. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm excited for the Portugal game because I do think that these are the type. Well, 
used to be, <laughs> sometimes still are, uh, the type of opponents where <laughs> the player's just doing their thing and going bonkers can do things like, it won't necessarily matter if you don't have great combinations between your forwards. And by combination, I don't mean everybody touches the ball. I just mean like you get a decoy run, you get somebody doing something to kind of drag defenders this way and somebody fills in space or rotates some rotation. Uh, we saw them swapping wings and there was a period where Sophia Smith was the nine and Morgan was playing as a winger, which was just funny. Um, so like, yeah, I, I just... I think they'll be able to get away with some of that stuff just from like 1v1 individual quality. But, you know, I would, which honestly is part of the reason why, despite there were quite a few misses, I think three pretty obvious misses, including the penalty that would have made the the game five or six nil versus Vietnam. I still think the that the fact that they don't combine well as an attacking unit, because I, I and I believe it's because of the profiles that you don't see more, chances like easy chances to score like we saw against wales you know that that kind of thing where you're behind the defense they have to react really quickly and because players are reading space and playing off one another they're able to make a simple pass and get the ball across the line andre i have a quote for you oh yeah the quotes are hitting the timeline let's go it's it's not a direct quote because um otter is ottering anyone who knows who uses otter knows otter's the messiest the messiest B on the block. Um, so Meg Linehan asked Vlaco about the lack of subs affecting the rhythm of the game and if he considered Lynn Williams for the second half. His response was that he was concerned to substitute, and this is paraphrasing um, because Meg doesn't have the direct quote because Otter's Ottering. Um, it, but his response was that he was concerned to substitute, could take a minute or two to adjust, but Williams was at the top of mind. <laughs> We should really release the video recordings of these podcasts because Andre and I, um, if you like type in your phone, like in your GIF, GIF, whatever you call it, uh, searcher and you type in conceited and it's that guy that like pouts his lips and then shakes his head. That was both Andre and I <laughs> when I finished reading that quote because what? Of course they're going to take a minute or two. Like that's, that's completely normal for a substitute. You have a stoppage in game, you know? And also, 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 you know? also. Two things. This is from the guy that used to make whole ass hockey line changes, by the way. And now he's scared to make one sub. Now he's scared to make one sub. Okay. But also, if in training, you're you're saying that Lynn Williams is the best 15, 20 minute player in the world or whatever, like he has said before, then I'm assuming in training, you're, you're putting her in positions and training with her in those 15 minute increments where she gets on. And the team knows how to adjust. They know how to react to her, right? It's not like he made any other subs. There wasn't a new midfielder. There wasn't anybody that came on at fullback or in any other position. You made one sub. If you can't make another sub, (laughs) just one player to come on and change. And if you say that that player, like Lynn Williams, apparently her being quote unquote top of mind, if you say that she is the best 15, 20 minute player, which is silly because she should be playing the majority of games. But I digress. If that's what you think her role is, then why aren't you training that? Why isn't the team prepared for when Lynn Williams came on? We saw Serena Wiegman, what, 60 minutes during the Euros, every single time. What were the subs we saw? We saw Ella Toon. We saw Alessia Russo come on. Like, every single time. Like, we saw those subs and they knew how to play together as soon as they got into the game. I, 
I know, yes, there's a massive gulf in between Serena and Vlaco. I get it. But that quote makes just, I, I if, just do not know. What if he's taking a page out of her book and saying, I'm starting the same starting 11 all seven games? It feels like he's trying to do that to like prove a point that like, oh, I can do this too or or something stupid. And it's just like, again, why? I actually thought it was dumb when Serena did it. I think she got lucky to get away with it. I actually think if Alex Pop was healthy, they don't, they uh, lose that final. But uh, still, I think, I I don't think it's smart and it's not really a good, it's also not a, not putting your players in the best positions to continue to play them for that many minutes every single game. There's some cohesion that comes from that, but I'd also think that there's a lot of risk. Anyway, I, I'm so confused. That man was scared to make a sub because it might take a minute or two for them to like adjust to the game. And I just, I don't, I just don't understand. Did that, is that what happened versus Wales? And I know Netherlands aren't Wales, but like it's making a sub, bro. Like everybody makes them. It is. It is very, very silly. Honestly, like, especially with Lynn Williams, who just very in particular likes bully the Netherlands. Like, it doesn't make any sense, I'm and I'm concerned for I'm concerned for legs down the stretch as well. Um, Andre, we've hit a little bit about Portugal, um, but is there anything else that you want to add, particularly about this U.S. Women's National Team performance or this Netherlands performance? Either no Bierenstein, which I thought was babes, could have yeah. gone a lot worse with no Bierenstein. Sure could have. I'm glad you brought that up worse. because actually that was a massive let off. Um, and I hope she's all right. But yeah, her being ruled out, she scores a bunch of their goals. Um, and her not being there was a massive let off. And it still looked like they were at full strength. So you can say you dominated the game, but they're missing a pretty key piece. And also you didn't really dominate. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I also want to give a shout out to Danielle Vandedong's swim cap. Yeah, what? I, honestly, I can't tell if it's like silly or genius. Like maybe that's just some new genius, like a uh, concussion, or were they trying to keep a bandage still? Like I don't know, but they just had a swim cap with them. I think they were trying to keep a bandage still, but I was also like, was a band? Maybe it was secretly really windy, so that's why it like really needed to be in place. Um, but I had yeah never seen, never seen that. I'm only saying that because uh, the US national team posted a photo. <laughs> of uh what this is alex morgan giving uh like a high five to spitzer or something after the game and then the netherlands account said right back at you by the way they're all getting this photo of her random daniel vandedonk hugging yeah and she has the cap on which is hilarious yeah i just saw that on the timeline it's just very strange look um i honestly i think my last thing is it's gonna be about lynn williams surprise but i just and, and I'm not going to repeat the points that I've already made about her coming in, why I thought it would make sense tactically and also just to keep players fresh. Um, but my other thing is, you know, she's 30 years old. This is her first World Cup. She's got zero minutes through two games. If I'm her, I'm pissed off. I'm like real pissed off because like, you know what I can do? I saved jazz versus Netherlands in the Olympics. We're playing that same opposition right now. Obviously, some different pieces. But, like, I feel it's a bit disrespectful to do to somebody who has the stature of Lynn Williams. Um, and this is what this is the thing I don't necessarily understand about people's reaction to her is, like, 
she's been excellent, excellent for seven years now, seven consecutive years, ever since coming into the league. She won MVP in her second full season or uh, in the NWSL. Um, she has multiple championships, multiple shields, key piece of many of the most high-scoring teams that have existed in the NWSL. She is what? Tops in total goal contributions, goals and assists. She's, I think, second in assists, and she's up there in goals. I think she might be second in goals as well um, and has a chance to overtake Sam Kerr this season. I, and it yet, it doesn't feel like she gets the respect that level of respect. And that's really frustrating to me from a personal standpoint of just like, do you not know who she is and what she does and that you shouldn't really be playing games with this caliber of talent? She doesn't make a lot of noise, so maybe I guess they may seem like it's okay, but it it's frustrating. And to kind of know that she probably should have made World Cup rosters before, and every time I say that, people say, who are you going to take off? I'll hurt your feelings. I promise you I will hurt your feelings because your best is probably, I will I will choose Liv Williams over your favorite player. I absolutely would. Um, and it's just kind of like, it's frustrating. It's got to be frustrating. She's been waiting a long time for this, too long, and is being made to kind of suffer and wait even longer for no real reason and for a coach to say that a sub takes a minute or two to run around on the pitch and get comfortable. That's not a reason. That's dumb. That's all I got. Yeah, it's it's very silly. Um, there have been some absolutely wonderful tweets Uh during this game, just at the actual foolishness. Um, and I, in particular, <laughs> I just want to shout out one. And it's because I absolutely lost it when I saw it. And it is from... Andre, do you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> no, I don't. So after the first half, it was very obvious. Obviously, there have been a lot of really good jokes about People to like the ref telling Lindsay Rand and Daniel Vandedonk to get to like, get along and all that stuff, right? Um, and I actually tweeted this is not the tweet I'm talking about, but I did tweet that the US needs several coffees at halftimes or like a B12 and a B6. And someone responded to me and said, at least one coffee, as in Sam coffee. And I said, Oh, that's Ooh. a good pun. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but that is not <laughs> that is not the tweet that I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> so funny. Uh, so during halftime, Carly Lloyd was like, "I'm gonna go straight New Jersey," and I was like, "Girl, you claim Philly anyway." And she was like, "I'm gonna be straight New Jersey, like talk openly, blah blah blah." And then she like, you know, said out her feelings at the U.S. Women's National Team, and Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay Gibbs tweeted, Carly Lloyd is so mad she's going to do wind sprints on the field after the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, I forgot um, about the wind sprints. Oh. Oh, <laughs> what a stupid, stupid moment. Did you hear me laughing at that tweet? <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the funniest tweets I've seen today. And there have been a lot of really, really funny tweets on the gentleman. But she said she's. 
Oh, we got so a snort. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. I absolutely lost it when I saw oh. that. that was such God, yeah, was, I'm. I'm actually so glad really I'm watching movie. like on NBC Universal and Telemundo because I'm avoiding all that coverage. But honestly, I, like hilarious. I wish I could. Hilarious tweet. Shout out to Lindsay Gibbs because she's hilarious. Does great work and also hilarious. And thank you for bringing back the wind sprints. It was just one of the single dumbest moments I've seen. And it's just like, okay, we get it. This is what you feel like you need to do. We do not have to participate in this. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> It was, whew, that was. Very, I'm just very saying funny. as well. Ian Wright, shout out to Ian Wright, um, responded. He's like, "This <laughs> Meg quoting that thing about Blacko is hilarious. It is good. It's getting like a lot of traction." And uh, Ian Wright has responded, quote tweeted it. <laughs> I love the response. It's fun. He's one of those people that I read their tweets in their voice, uh, which is mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, I love when that happens. But uh, yeah, his response is, bro, please, players at that level don't need minutes to adjust. Look at Lavelle. Certain players had 90 minutes and never adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, also, Roosevelt okay, apparently was coming out and was on a minutes restriction, um, which makes sense, uh, yes. given that she was coming back from injury. But yeah, <laughs> Roosevelt played 45 and adjusted. Players played 90 and did not adjusted is mm. um, extremely hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. That's very funny. All right. Well, Good stuff. We, I, I, we will be back, uh, I guess, to talk. We may need to, you know what? We should have a pod to talk about some of the other big moments and things that have happened to, like, get away from the U.S. Women's National Team because it's actually been a really dope World Cup uh, so oh, far. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of fun. You've done a lot of travel already. I start my journey over there tomorrow, so I'll be heading from Charlotte to uh, to D, I'm sorry, from DC to Charlotte, from Charlotte to LA, from LA to Auckland, from Auckland to Wellington. So that is my journey and hopefully I will get there. Uh, don't know what day it's going to be when I get there, but I will get there. Uh, and then we can, we can talk. I'm, I'm really excited to just go to some matches. I think I'm, I'm going to go to Japan, Spain. That's one I already have a ticket for. I cannot wait to go to that one. Um, so yeah, I'm excited and I'm e- really eager. And again, thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all again uh, for us being able to go there. Um, but yeah, we'll have to drop a pod um, and to to discuss some other things. But we are hitting on every single match in our newsletter. So make sure you sign up to that. Courtney, are we done? Is there anything else? No, I don't have anything to add. Maybe the aliens right. can convince Baco to do something different. <laughs> I just how you go from hockey line changes to scared to change one player. Uh, Sandra Herrera tweeted that and said, "What happened?" And I think that's yes. I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, um, I ain't gonna spend any more brain injury and <laughs> brain energy trying to understand Blacko. Let's just be out and uh, I'll talk to y'all probably from from one of several planes that I'll be on, and then you know. We'll, we'll have a little fun in Wellington and uh, talk to y'all then. I don't know. Courtney, you got a bye for us. Bye. Thanks for listening to Diaspora United Podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Diaspora United Pod. That's Diaspora U-T-D-P-O-D. And message us if there's anything you want us to talk about in our next podcast. See you next time.